Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, David Boop. David, how are you doing today? Doing great. In Atlanta, Georgia, for Dragon Con, it is a beautiful day. Um, yesterday, it was raining, and I think Atlanta is the only place where when it rains, it actually gets hotter. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I've heard that from a couple of people that have uh, recently moved down there, one of my author friends. But yeah, it, it's there in Iowa seems to be the two places that it does not cool off, has the adverse effect, so... That's funny. Yeah. Well, I'm very, very jealous that you're down there. Uh, this is the only year that I have not spent my time with my mom for her birthday. Uh, usually we go up and I go up to Michigan and stuff. So this year I was trying to I was trying to get away. And my wife's like, it's just too hard with the little guy. So I was like, we can all go. She's like, I don't know if I want to do that because she broke her foot and stuff. So I told her, I said, in the future, I'm just taking him with me. And my buddies are going. I said, we're just going to take a bros trip. And my mom's like, I'll go with you guys in the future. So some uh, baby Yoda ears on him. He'll be fine. <laughs> oh, he loves Gro- He loves Grogu. So, yeah, right. I think that'd be really cool. Well, I'm really jealous that you're down there, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about your awesome Kickstarter. So if you don't mind starting us off, um, just telling us a little bit about, you know, your background, uh, you know, in terms of fantasy and sci-fi, and then we'll get this going for you. Okay. Um, so I'm a Denver-based author um, of uh, two novels that are currently out. One's oh, cool. a sci-fi noir, and one is a uh, dark fantasy weird western. Um, that just came out last October. That is the Drowned Horse Chronicle Volume 1 from Wolfpack Publishing. And uh, that's a mosaic novel, which um, is a collection of uh, individual stories that actually connect together and build to a, a big oh, that's final. cool. Or as my publisher likes to say, it's a TV series in book form. That's <laughs> so, even awesome. That's a great way to describe it. I think that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that one's out. Um, and then previously, uh, I had a sci-fi noir that's published by uh, Wordfire Press, which is uh, Kevin J. Anderson's imprint. Um, I have over 100 short stories out in all genres, especially uh, sci-fi and fantasy. Uh, and I have, uh, I've edited nine anthologies, three weird Western, three space Western, a couple of pulp hero ones, and oh, a couple cool. of odd ones. I'm working on a green Hornet and Cato anthology right now. Oh, that's super cool. I love them. Yep. Uh, a tribute to Jack L. Chalker's well world, um, oh. and a couple of other surprises down the road. So Oh, that's awesome. I just want to say to our audience, I think you're one of three people that um, when I found on Facebook a few years ago, I like looked up and I think it was like it was it was almost too many places to look like your name was popping up and everywhere. And I was like, OK, that's really cool. Uh, so I was checking out a few things here and there. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, that's really cool. Do you want do you mind just real quick, just telling us a little bit how, you know, you got into writing, you know, stories and things like that. Just a little bit about that background for you. I've always been a storyteller or as my mom would say, a liar. Uh, no, <laughs> no, uh, I've always enjoyed telling stories. I've always had this creative thing in my brain. I thought I was going to be a filmmaker. That was my goal mm. in life. I was to be a filmmaker. And even though I've made a couple of short films now, oh, um, cool. um, I never broke into that industry. And then um, I couldn't write long form for the longest time because mm. uh, I was undiagnosed ADHD. Mm. Um, and the the process was very diff writing process was difficult for me. So wanting to make films can't write long form. So I got into commercial production for a while. Oh wow, uh, that's cool. Writing 30 and 60 second movies. Uh segue from that, 
many years later. Uh, I'm a journalist. I'm doing movie reviews. I'm writing some comic strips and things like that. And an opportunity came up to write a short story. Now, in the days since I first started writing, I'm a, I'm fairly old, uh, <laughs> word processors came into being. And I found that I could write more if I could, you know, edit on the fly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up with my brain. And so word processing turned out to be the key to me being able to write longer form. Mm. And so after a few short stories sold, I won some contests, things like that. I decided to write the first novel and I sold it to an indie publisher on the first three chapters. Oh, wow. um, then I had to finish it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that got Darn released. Um, that was She Murdered Me with Science. And it was released from a small indie that went out of business. And Kevin uh, was kind enough. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson was kind enough to reprint it for Wordfire yeah. Press. Um, but then I had a bunch of tragedies happen. Uh, my mom got mm. cancer. Mm. Uh, I, I lost some very important people to me. And, and it took a while before I could get a second novel out. Yeah. And, yeah. and so finally last year, uh, even though I've written two other novels, uh, was my only my second novel published. But in between mm. there, I have, like I said, over 100 short stories. I mean, I kept the writing process going. Yeah. I just do the long stuff because it seemed like life was always knocking on the door and saying you know here's how we're going to screw you today um, yeah and so i could get in and get a short story done in a weekend but sitting down writing a novel was really tough yeah. um, but now i'm back um i've got that novel i've got a novel it's a dark fantasy media tie-in novel um that's based on a role-playing game called rippers resurrected it's kind of like oh Penny cool Redful. Yeah, um, so it's got that that dark horror aspect. It's got steampunk. It's got a little bit of everything. Oh, cool, in it. and that will be coming out next year. Um, I'm working on Drowned Horse Chronicles Volume Two and Three. Um, cool. I have pitches for. Oh, I have a um, a uh, historical middle grade fantasy that's being shopped around. That's based on a oh, Christmas girl. Um, oh, cool! It's the untold story of the Scrooge family as exorcists. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So sold. That, you sold one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me know when that and, pre-order gets there. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I could just get somebody to buy it, it's a, yeah, it's a yeah. tough industry right now. So, yeah. Amen to that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've got novels out, um, but I still write the short fiction. I still, um, I write short film and things of that nature as well. Um, I launched my company, Longshot, relaunched my company, Longshot Productions, and uh, we're doing all sorts of fun stuff. Oh, that's awesome. But well, I just wanted to, to say two things there. Like I, I too, like really want, I thought I was going to be a movie, you know, I just wanted to like write screenplays and work in movies. I fell in love with movies. And then my drama teacher, unfortunately passed away uh, a few years ago, but he, he just got me into, you know, writing screenplays and things. And I was like, I was like, definitely sure that's what I was going to do. And then I think that's where, you know, I went back to writing, you know, like other stories, but my son was just born, like I said, before we got recording. And I definitely get the time thing because I, I, I can write in a few days, you know, easily, even just in a few 15 minute sprints, you know, one chapter or 2000 words. So I'm doing the Kindle Bella series right now and just pausing okay. from the novels because it's very difficult, you know, when you're, running around after him and stuff, trying to, you know, keep your mind set on, you know, the longer stuff. So I totally understand that. I'm, 
had to rework, you know, the calendar a little bit. So I definitely well, get that's that. That's why but... the mosaic novel works so well for me mm. because I can Makes get sense. in, write, write a chapter that stands alone, but I also have this flow chart that shows where those stories go and what's supposed to happen yeah, yeah. to various characters and stuff like that. So that by the time you get to the end, it's like a big two-part finale um, and wraps up that particular arc. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So I'm sorry, because you just mentioned too, I totally forgot that, you know, about your company. So what are you guys, or what are you guys doing currently then? Um, so uh, I have a uh, short film script that oh, I'm cool. um, um, bringing to an indie producer. Um, oh, awesome. It, it would be something to send around the circuit, as it were, mm. um, that kind of thing. And then um, uh, I, so Longshot Productions opened a creative collective in Denver. Mm. Oh, that's cool. I, I have an office that has drop-in cubes for authors and drop-in artist space for artists. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so I'm trying to build this connection between uh, writers and artists because a lot of times writers get screwed by artists. Artists get screwed by writers. Yeah. yeah, and, And I'd like to have a group of people together that can, um, that, they're known quantities. They're trustworthy. Yeah. Going to come yep. through, right? And they've got the talent. So yeah. Well, that's really cool. That's what I'm trying to do with the podcast. Like I have a few more artists coming on. I would say artists is the the hardest category. Like I'm trying to get artists, voice actors, you know, um, different editors, publishers, things like that. Agents. The show, I can probably help. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, I'm just like I'm like you know I'm like I you know that's like our pod our podcast group on Facebook. I'm trying to get more people to collab. People are like, are we allowed to? you know, put services here. I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. I'm like, I know other groups are like, don't do that. I'm like, but you, we all need a place to go. I agree, you know, where you can find something that's reliable. So yeah. I think it's super, super important work. So that's, that's really awesome. Definitely have to connect about that later. So yeah, that's cool. All right. So my favorite part, just talking about everybody's Kickstarter. So what is your Kickstarter? And excuse me, because I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. Is it Trevaliant Rising? Prevalent Rising, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Prevalent Rising is a uh, story about a post-kaiju world. The kaiju have come, decimated most of society. The survivor, we have beaten them back using giant mechs called decimators. Um, oh, cool. We we we, we we beat them. They're gone. Um, but they left most of the cities uninhabitable. Um, people have all had to move into the rural area. The survivors have moved into rural areas before we can reclaim the cities. They have to be knocked down. Mm. The way that they chose to do this, because life is now so utterly precious that people who are suffering from, let's say, anger management issues and Mm. maybe have trouble reining that in. They stick them in these giant unarmed mechs called now travailance after the word travail, which is to, you know, basically aggressively get out of motions. And (laughs) um, they put them in this mech and they're guided by an AI therapist and they go into the cities and they reclaim them. They level them while the AI therapist uh, guides them through their their, uh, trauma. So that's cool. So it's giant robots used for anger management therapy. <laughs> that's cool. That's the, that's the core of the story. And then, of course, the, the comic 
follows the uh, adventures of a guy named Harold Hodges. He's our everyman. And uh, he's obviously suffering uh, from some anger issues, been arrested several times for fighting. And finally, they said, listen, you got a choice. We can send you to clean up this radioactive waste left by the giant kaiju, or <laughs> you can do this therapy. And of course, you know, he chooses that because the other one's almost certain death. And um, and so in that regard, um, we have Harold, you know, we see him get in his in his Mac and, and guided through uh, his therapy with a uh, AI therapist named Tate. Um, the problem is, of course, nobody had an idea of how deep Harold's anger went and what it was mm. based on. And mm. uh, that. Yeah, ensues. And then uh, there's a twist at the end that's going to lead to the other episodes or other issues of the of the cool. series um, with uh, if the Kickstarter funds. And each time we're going to explore a different type of PTSD. Um, oh, that's working, cool. Working with different therapists and so forth to guide uh, my writing so that I am respectful mm. and exploring these um, basically silent wars that are going on, people mm. who survived COVID, people who survived wars, people who have survived mass shootings and things like that. Um, the Kaiju war is a substitute for that, which is why we're not actually focusing on the war. You'll see it in flashbacks, mm -hmm. but mostly it's about how people have to live after an event like this that's yeah, yeah. cool um and i was um the initial concept came from kevin j anderson uh who co-wrote the comic with me um and uh and well so sorry flashback here it actually started as a short story that was published in an oh, okay. called mech age of steel mech age of steel which is now kind of out of print but it was published by outland press and I was looking hmm. for a comic project to work on because I don't have a comic yet. Um, and I have all this other stuff we talked about, but I don't have a comic book. Uh, and I decided that it was time for that to stop. <laughs> and uh, and I went to Kevin. I said, you know, I wanted to go farther with the, uh, with the story. Um, would you mind if I turned it into a script? And he said, absolutely, as long as you don't involve me. Because, you know, <laughs> which is not true, but he said uh, he, he teaches now. He's a professor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teaching a, teaching a master's publishing course. And he's like, as long as all I'm doing is checking over your work. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, but he sent me sample scripts of a lot of his work, his Star Wars stuff, his Dune stuff and so forth for me to almost write with him as a guide. Uh, I could see and I could incorporate his voice into oh, the cool. reading. Um, and it, the script came out good and we took it to Outland who also does comics and they loved it. And, uh, so now here we are at the Kickstarter. That's awesome. There was a lot of cool stuff there. So yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you. I totally get the, the need, the comic thing, but right before the pandemic, there was a local guy and him and me wanted to do a 
I always loved the Diablo uh, video game where you know, you're just mm-hmm. going down. And I always wanted, I always loved the Smith. I forget his name, Griswold or whatever it is. And I was like, oh, would it be cool if it's like a warrior who's like a veteran with some PTSD or that kind of thing. And then his little thief friend comes along to see him, but then like goes into this ruin and like unleashes hell essentially. And then they have okay. to go with like the local healer who's their old sorceress companion. And they have to basically like, you know, take care of this. So we had the comic like pretty much like, we were like, you know, we were in there ready to go. And then the pandemic happened. So I get that feeling of like needing right. it. My wife's always asking me, she's like, one of these days you need to get these novels and things done. She's like, you're going to have to go back and get the comic book done. Because I wanted to be an illustrator originally and do my own comic. So I definitely oh, understand yeah. the the bug and the itch right there. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't do stick figures. Um, <laughs> I did uh, on my website. I have a four panel comic strip that I, I started oh, cool. playing around with. Um, called Sign Here, Please, and story about a uh, a new author um, at his first book signing. Um, not autobiographical per se, but I won't say that some of the stuff that sure? happened to him wasn't inspired by things that happened to me when I was a new author at book signings. And I'll have to check that out. Yeah, um, and yeah, Sign Here, Please. But since I can't draw and I don't have the money to pay for an artist... Um, I did everything in Photoshop. I used clip art mm. and oh, altered, that's a good idea. Yeah, I altered clip art um to build the the store and the character and the other various characters that come through. Um, oh, cool. And there's a lot of Easter eggs in there and stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's super so, cool. Um, but I only did one season of it, um, 13 episodes or 13, you know, strips. Um, I started working on season two where he's going to be at his first Comic Con. Um, oh, that's I, got, cool. I got about two of those done and then <laughs> um, life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely so, know that. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, I Sounds- get my hands in a lot of things. Kevin has this popcorn theory of success that when you throw back in the day, when you used to actually have to heat up popcorn in a pan, oh yeah, yeah. you throw a bunch of kernels in the pan and you just shake things up until things start popping, but you don't know which one is the one that's going to start popping. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I totally, that's like been the last three days for me is basically just throwing out, you know, stuff and had a couple of cool things come back and some other things, you know, didn't really pan out. This was one of them that, you know, turned out really well. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, you never know. So, yeah, I had a big uh, pan out last weekend as well. I had actually uh, pitched a a card game and it got all all the way up to the final thing. And they're like, yeah, no. And I'm like, it was so much work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Maybe next time though, right? Maybe next time. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Well, I checked out the your Kickstarter. Um, you know, uh, right before we got on, I was at lunch and I was uh, playing around. So, yeah, the definitely, uh, definitely sounds like my kind of thing. Um, I'm gonna blame you know people like you and Kevin for, um, and some other authors and writers for making me just need like really unique stories. Um, because now like I'm addicted. Like before, I could you know I felt like I. You know, like you don't you don't know what you don't know, you know. So like I was reading, you know, certain stories in the past, I feel like, and I won't name any names, you know, but like they were, you know, just kind of felt repetitive. And I kind of liked that for a while. But then as soon as I started to read another group of authors, um, and as you know, once Kevin started to kind of veer away from Star Wars and do some other things, um, I got into, you know, just a lot of different things. And now I look back and I was like, God, that was like 
18, I think 20 years ago. And now it's like, I crave it for my wife. She's like, you like, like particular books and like Tim Akers just had one recently, like this novella. And I, it was just absolutely amazing. Anthony Ryan had a couple novellas. I was like, really addicted to, but you know, it wasn't your typical, you know, fantasy. There was some very unique ideas. So I feel we're it's really cool the, with the comics. So yeah, we're at the point of publishing now where between the indie publishers, self publishers and so forth, that we can break a certain amount of convention. It doesn't yeah, 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 totally. work. You have to learn the rules before you can break them. You can't just yeah, yeah, yeah. breaking the rules. But yeah. we're at a renaissance where literally you can find any kind of story you want through story yep. tags and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not stuck to a specific genre. Uh, yep. Or even subgenre. Yeah, or even subgenre. Yeah, I've run yeah. panels on the idea of the genre is dead. We're in the yeah, era yeah, yeah. Of the tag. Um, yep. And I think it's true. And I think it's good for us. It's like when David Blaine like revealed all the secrets of magic and everybody had to like step up their magic. I think yeah. we're at the point now where we're stepping up our publishing. We're presenting um, historical fantasy that's not just based eurocentric or yeah. american uh, mythology yep. um we're we're now you know seeing a lot more asian and african and native american and so forth and it, it does nothing but strengthen storytelling because yep. We're doing things that we we've never done before. And that's one of the great things about editing anthologies is mm -hmm. when I go into an anthology and I'm I'm addressing a theme, I don't want to just look at that theme from one point of view. If you're yeah. going to explore a topic, you've got to look at it from all the different angles. So all my anthologies have a mix of uh, diverse voices, um, LGTB, uh, Black, uh, Native American, all of that. Um, because like, for example, the Old West, it just, it wasn't just white men on white horses. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, so I was just saying, just a, sorry, just real quick, like because I was just talking to the, with another writer about that, and we were talking about you know a couple of books that we had read back in the day, and I was like, I was like, I don't think people realize I'm a history teacher. I was like, you know, sixty five percent of you know cowboys were you know uh, Mexican American or African American, you know, and it's like yeah. they weren't represented. So yeah, that's a good, yeah. yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, no, there were whole towns that were run by women, Mexicans. Yep, totally. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we don't talk about that history of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, we we whitewashed it with the movies. Now, don't get me wrong, I love me a tombstone, I love me a <laughs> Silverado. Um, I I love a lot of um those Western films, um, Cowboys and Aliens. I loved it. It oh yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, basically it told me there was gonna be two things in it, cowboys and aliens, as long as it honored that promise yep um i was going to enjoy it and I even threw in some native americans as a bonus i wasn't even expecting yeah, yeah. That they weren't in the title so yeah, yeah. no totally yeah the movie's yeah. really underrated i just uh, read an article um from one of the indie um uh, authors that i i can't forget who it was right now but I, yeah they like they're like hey check this out because you like this movie and i was like it was they did a really good job of just talking about that. You know, yeah, they gave you two things and they really delivered on both. And I was yeah. like, yeah, someone back and rewatched it. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. So, yeah. So, you know, so it gives us chances like for Kevin and I to do something unconventional. When we sat yeah, down, yeah. he got the invite to Mech Age of Steel and he's like, 
you know, what do we do that's different, right? Yeah, yeah like, totally. We don't want just, you know, war mechs and, and things of that nature. We we wanted to stand out. And the response from that story was really good, which is why I never completely let go of the idea. That's really cool. I just also like the, I just want to go back to what you had said too about, you know, silent wars that, you know, people are, you know, fighting and going through. And I just, I love that term, uh, you know, because I think saying PTSD or whatever, I think it's almost, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I think, think silent war to me, just that just really hit me because I know a lot of people, you know, that are, that are going through that. Um, you know, I know my wife just had her son, you know, and a lot of her friends, like our friends had babies at the same time, you know, and you talk about silent wars going on, you know, with postpartum and everything. I mean, you know, and it's, it's just crazy how many people I feel like, I just think that's a really good topic that you guys are focusing on. Cause you had me at the mech warrior thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy, I want to read it. You know, I love that stuff. But you know, when, you know, going through and, you know, actually looking at it, I'm like, okay, this is a really cool thing you guys are doing. So I really hope that, you know, it gets back. Thank you. Because I think that's a really interesting story. So yeah. I think it definitely needs to be told. So, yeah. well, and I've suffered from PTSD. Um, I had a, I was uh, in a retail for a long time and I had a store mm. robbed and I had a shotgun up against the back of my head. Oh, jeez. Um, so I had some PTSD after that. Um, I've been in a couple of car accidents that um, now anything out of the corner of my eye makes me freeze up mm. um, and things of that nature. So, yeah. And, and, and it's funny because it's like you think you get victory on these things. And then I'm driving through Atlanta and there's a truck that's going on an overpass, but it came out of this corner. Yeah, yeah. Which is totally. where I got hit. hit. And even though it's on the overpass, it still triggered me a little bit, not yeah. like, uh, you know, kind of trigger, but just yeah. enough to go, what's that? Right. Um, and that's from the car accidents. It doesn't ever quite go away, yep. um, but you can gain victory in it. And that's what our stories are about. They're about gaining the victory um, and finding other people who get it, who understand it. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who's been suffering um, post covid um, he feels like now we're looking at COVID through a romantic pair of, of rose colored glasses and the idea that, oh, we're all survivors now. And we got through that. And there are a lot of people who didn't like the isolation and everything, yeah. um, and the fear every day that society was going to collapse. Um, they struggle with that still. Right. Yeah, and then totally. you hear about upsurges in COVID again and and it triggers them um, yep. and they get scared and they're like, I would rather die than go through that again and yeah. you have to talk them down um, or get yeah. them help. Right. Yeah. Uh, or both, really, honestly. And yeah. so it's a situation where there are a lot of these things people struggle with that they're not willing to come forward on in a you know, big way that um, this comic will hopefully show them that we get it. We understand you're yeah. not completely alone out there. And so with each one, we, we look at each character is going to have a different form of this um, and their eventual um, victory is going to be different for each one of them. I just, uh, yeah, I just, I just like that. Um, 
yeah, like I, I mean, I've had a couple situations pop up, you know, and my most recent one and somebody was like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of felt like people were kind of even people that knew me really well, you know, friends, family, whatever. They're kind of like, oh, you're not over that yet. And I'm like, no, because it's not a it's not a cold, you know, like it's like this is a. I was like, it's not like I'm like, I you know, can say what you want or do what you want. But, you know, so I think it's kind of hard to, you know, for some people to make that connection, you know, and um but yeah. I, I mean i connect i personally connect with that because i'm like oh i'm like that actually like with the travailing i'm like okay i'm like that kind of sounds more like me particularly now you know um yeah. after like stuff and i'm like oh you know like i i think i've always kind of been like that i do martial arts and you know i'd much rather go and you know hit a bag or go to a class or you know and get all the energy out kind of thing and i always feel better after that you know i'm de-stressed and everything so for me i really connect with that sort of thing i'm like i'd love to get in a mech suit and destroy a city and help people you know right. and right. feel good and, and helping at the same time yeah yeah, that's why rage rooms were getting real popular before COVID. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of them went out of business because it's not yep. something that you can sell online. Uh, yeah, that's so, true. That's um, true. So, yeah, but um, rage rooms were getting real popular because there is a certain amount of aggression that we're all feeling, whether it's political, whether it's environmental, um, whether it's social, uh, socio-emotional. Uh, um, there's just this pressure that life is putting on us right now. Uh, you can't turn on news, but then you're scared yeah. that you're going to miss something if you don't let no. go watch the news. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, so then you're left going, you know, afterwards it's like, oh, well, we were all going to hell. Uh, so <laughs> you know, I'm going to go in the back room, pet my dog or my cat and cry for a while. But yeah, for yeah, some yeah. people, they just, they, they have that pain and they don't know what to do with it and uh i thought rage rooms were a great idea for that yeah and, and we kind of took that idea and and put us in a situation where why would you put somebody in a giant mech to get out their aggression and it's like oh there's uh you know three quarters of the world was was decimated and uh and the survivors, they have survivor guilt. They have this PTSD. They have this anger. Um, and, uh, but they can't, like, you know, you can't even get in a bar fight. You can't do anything that could endanger a person because we have to rebuild society. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So the, what would be a minor infraction today is a major infraction in this world. Um, you know, because what if you hit somebody and they fall and they hit their head and they die? That's one less person that we can uh, get genetic material from to repopulate the planet. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, that's that's what we're going with is is this idea of, you know, there's people who have a lot of pain inside. And uh, sometimes you just need a giant robot to work that out. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think it's just a great piece of world building that I, I mean, my buddy and I just talked about that um, recently because he's writing a totally blanket right now because I'm really tired, but, um, you know, post-apocalyptic, um, a dystopian. So he's writing a dystopian, like kind of like fantasy sort of thing or dystopian sci-fi, sorry, is what he said. And um, he, yeah, I just he well, we were talking about that, you know, like kind of put ourselves in that scenario. We were discussing, you know, like 
with a reduced population, like what sort of things would change? So I think that's a great one that you guys have brought up, you know, in terms of world building, because, you know, um, you present certain knowledge, right? And I do too, that even, you know, even if it's minuscule today, if, you know, three fourths of the population is gone, that knowledge is, you know, needs to be regained and needs to be, right. you know, saved. So if you do injure somebody or kill somebody, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it would be way more severe. So I think that's a great piece of world building right there. That's really unique. So. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Thank you. Thank you. We're yeah, proud no of it. We're a little proud of it. So <laughs> we're also really proud of the art that we've gotten with it. So oh, it's got, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and the and and there's more to come because we have the art done by Rob Nix, uh, who did an amazing, oh my God. When you see these pages, it's ridiculous. Um, it is so good. Uh, and he captured everything just perfectly. And then um, we just announced this week that Bob Eggleton, Mr. Zilla Bob, Mr. Kaiju, uh, the master of monsters, is doing our alternate cover. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so we just put that up as a reward, is the uh, Bob Eggleton uh, alternate uh, cover as uh, one of the rewards. Um, And then we also just put up T-shirts um, with that. Oh right. yeah. They're, they're really so, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also a blueprint of the Mac we're working on. Yeah. So yeah that was cool. T-shirts available. We're also going to put those up as prints um, for the rewards as well. Oh, that's cool. We've got some great, we've got a manuscript review by Kevin and I is one mm-hmm. of the rewards um, for those aspiring writers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, um, <laughs> we've got, Recipe cards. <laughs> so Kevin cool. is well known for making amazing food. He's a he's a hell of a cook. And one of the things that he makes that he's most proud of is his lasagna. And he's got a special recipe. It's a secret recipe handed down through, I believe it is Jedi Holocubes. Yeah. Uh, uh, holocrons you know, yeah. <laughs> holocrons. Yeah. 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 He got it from uh he got it out of a temple uh in the Italian. <laughs> The Italian Jedi's uh, tried to keep this secret for for generations, but he got a hold of the holocron and uh, recreated it using uh, modern uh, cheeses. That's awesome. <laughs> and um, and then I um, have a recipe for my uh, pumpkin chai cheesecake bars. Um, oh, so wow. dinner and dessert. And a, and a book, so you know awesome. you can sit there, read the read the book digitally, or in you know in your hand while you're eating uh, dinner and and dessert, you know, or 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 uh, get, make sure everybody in your family has a copy of the comic, and uh, and then you can have a discussion group afterwards over the cheesecake. Yeah, you know? no, that's awesome. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah, I, I love that because we were just talking about unique Kickstarter things because I um. Yeah, my buddy was like, you should just do a Kickstarter. He like, wants me to do one so bad. I was like, I'll, I'll do it eventually. It's like, I think you should do it for these covers that I need. So I was like, okay, we'll think about it. And we were like discussing different, you know, things. One of my friends made these amazing bracelets. Uh, they were just really cheap, but like really cool. And I was like, well, I'm not that talented. So <laughs> we were discussing some unique things. So that's really cool. Well, we look at what we can offer, right? Like, yeah, yeah. and I are editors. So of course, a manuscript review. We have yeah. tuckerizations available. And also there's a chance to either um, come in for a Kevin uh, hour-long Zoom talk on publishing um, with a Q&A um, or 
you can get a one-on-one 15-minute conversation with him to ask him anything. So an AMA. Oh, that's cool. So uh, we have those available uh, as well, plus um, the original hardback of the anthology uh, that the short story uh, is available. So you get not only our story, but a bunch of others. And then there's also a package that you get all of uh, a bunch of first issues from other Outland comics. So... Um, hmm. depending on what your interest is, we have a little bit of something for everybody. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's super cool. Uh, I just was curious before we start to wrap up here. I just want to make sure that we talked about this just because anytime I have somebody on with Kickstarter, you know, we, I know a lot of people were all trying to learn as much as we can. I was just curious, um, you know, what were just a couple of the challenges that you guys found in terms of this particular Kickstarter? Timing. Timing I mean, is huge. This is the worst time next to you know, like the week before Christmas, really, yeah. to launch a Kickstarter, right? Um, they give you, and they're analytics to show when's the best time to run a Kickstarter. Yeah, Kickstarter got bumped back a couple of times. And so mm. we end up in this end of summer spot where everybody's focused on getting outdoors, doing one last trip before the kids go back to school. But then there's yep. also getting back to school, Right. Uh, whether it's college or whatever, right? So people are adjusting their schedules. They're not online as much, things of that nature. So the timing was not great on this Kickstarter. Also from a timing aspect, it launched when both Kevin and Bob Eggleton were not only out of town, but out of country. And neither of them had internet access where they were at uh, reliably. So that kind of hurt us the first week. Um, Everybody's back. Everybody's promoting. That's why we're adding new rewards um, to the to the rewards uh, levels so that we can uh, breathe some new life that Kevin and Bob and Rob and myself and Jeremy Moeller and everybody over at Outland can then talk up as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's yeah that's um, so timing is huge it is yeah it is huge um i've noticed other kickstarters that launched around our time are also struggling so oh it's interesting yeah yeah well it's, it's just interesting to me because that you're probably the eighth person i've had on you know with a kickstarter and that's the number one thing that that's what people just keep saying is is the timing and uh, yeah, and varying rewards. So it's funny that you guys all mentioned the same thing. So yeah. yeah, well, and rewards are really important too. Um, you have to play up to the fans. Um, we we are reaching directly to Kevin's fans, um, because you know if you've read his books as you have as yeah. I have, um, they've been a huge part of our lives. Those Star Wars, yeah, movies, yeah, totally Jedi Knights and everything. We that was our Star Wars. Until, yeah. you know, we get the the re, the sequel series and then they make everything canon. But as you can see, they're starting to incorporate things from the legends into the the new canon because yep. those stories were so strong. Yeah. And they were so well crafted and they kept us going when there was nothing else for decades. So, yeah, of course, we we. uh uh, feel strongly about him and writers like Alan D. Foster and like Stackpole. Oh, yeah. These three people are my mentors. They're the ones who I've been learning from my entire career. Kevin 
Kevin, Allen, and Mike have been instrumental in making me who I am. So, you know, I owe them the world. And so I always yeah. try to make sure Alan's been in a couple of my anthologies. Mike's been in one. Uh, Kevin's been in a couple. Um, I got an anthology with uh, Timothy Zahn. Um, oh, Tim, yeah. Yeah, um, who I'll be seeing in, you know, a couple of days. So, oh, um, so yeah, it's, um, you know, knowing the audience, knowing what that audience would like to see. Um, unfortunately, one of the ideas that we had that we weren't able to to get together in time was miniatures, because, of course, mm, uh, everybody who loves Max loves miniatures, whether or not yep. it's game playable or not. Yep. Um, getting you know, miniatures that can uh, um, be statted out for, you know, Warhammer or MechWarrior or something like that. That was one of the things we had on the books. It didn't happen. Now. If all of a sudden this goes bonkers crazy and we're starting, we not only make our goal, but we're hitting over it. Maybe we revisit that. Um, yeah. maybe we, we offer that as a backer reward or something like that um, when, when you get your backer kit. But we have to hit that goal first and uh, we're not there and we need help with that. So getting the word out, even if you can't support it, but you believe in this type of uh, comic and this kind of world, sharing the Kickstarter is huge. That's another big thing is making sure people share. Um, without word of mouth, you're just, a, you know, um, peeing in the wind, as they say. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, you're just treading um, water, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's so many voices out there. Um, again, between Amazon and Vela, you even mentioned, and yep and indie publishers and kickstarters and indiegogo and um uh, patreon and so forth we're 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 it's a renaissance but it's also a glut we it is really hard yeah. it's hard to be um, seen yeah it's hard to be seen heard. But, but for the reader they can target very specific interests and so forth and that and you know so yeah if you like what you see, even if you can't support, just share it. That helps us. Tag us. Tag the Outland. Tag Kevin and I. Tag, you know, the the artists Bob and Rob and anything like that. You know, um, that that helps us. It knows that people actually care about what we're doing. Yeah, and I just want to remind everybody too that you'll actually be able to find the Kickstarter link in the description of this video. So again, we have been stressing this for. The last season, season two and season three, we're just going to keep stressing that, you know, like, share, subscribe. It doesn't matter if it's this podcast, it's, if it's anything, just I share things all the time. I'm just like constantly sharing, sharing, sharing. sharing. My wife's like, your feed is just crazy. I know a lot of people block me, friends and family, but I just I want to make sure that, you know, things like your Kickstarter are seen and, you know, and that people, you know, can get the information. And in my opinion, it's the only way to, you know, help people beat the algorithm, so to speak. Um, so I just want to remind the audience, you know, the Kickstarter is going to be in here. Um, I love if you would actually share that over the podcast <laughs> because the Kickstarter is more important. Um, if you could do both though, just to help David, you know, and Kevin out, that'd be great. Um, but really, David, if there's anything else, you know, I can do, you know, and this time or after, like I said, in the future, you guys have anything just, Speaking of tagging, I tell people all the time to tag me to go to the podcast group. I don't care where. I think people are afraid to tag me, and I don't really know why. It's the only way that I see things half the time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just send me well, anything, and, Facebook, and we'll get it as soon as possible. All of them, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, are kind of weird about, 
like you can tag some people in some posts and you can't tag them in yeah. others. And, yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. it does, you know, puts their name and sometimes it puts just the username yep. and, and, you know, it gets to the point where it's like, I wish there was a universal tagging system. No, I totally. Mean, hashtags, yeah. hashtags work, re- you know, really well um, for tagging people, but you have to have people looking for that hashtag yep. too. So yeah, um, we've been hashtagging travalent rising one word, um, oh, cool. you know, um, but you know, I still see under a thousand posts. So um, yeah. we got to start a movement. We got to start a revolution, you know, <laughs> Viva the travalent. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I think a good t-shirt. Yeah, I like that. Oh well, well thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, be cool. I liked them. I saw them earlier. I was looking. I was like, ooh, I wonder yeah. if I can get away with this with my wife. But uh, she she hasn't watched since season one, so I don't think she knows what I'm buying anymore. So it's kind of nice. But uh, she was. I'm starting to watch them more. I'm like, oh, that's fine because I talk about buying this book or that comic or something. So now she doesn't know. Nobody tell her, or I'm not doing any more videos. Just saying. <laughs> uh, but David, like I said, if there's anything else we could do in the meantime or after, you know, for future things, um, just send it to me. Email it to me. I my email, and we will get it out to all our social media website. I'll go outside and you know just start with a bullhorn or something like that. Do what we got to do to to get it out there. So well, the Green Hornet and Cato anthology will be going to Kickstarter. It's it's not um, so that will be going out and uh, that's got a great TOC. Um, I can't reveal it yet, but um, it's got great TOC and it's got a great cover artist. Um, we're just putting the final things on it and then figuring out. I think we're going to kickstart it late January. Oh, got um, it. Um, which uh, will be on the 88th anniversary of the Green Hornet. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, first radio broadcast. So, oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. super. So, I have to have you back around like December then to yeah. put in an extra bonus episode or something like that so that we can. Uh, Sounds get you in the lineup. I'll actually make a note for that that way. Uh, Cause I was talking to a couple of people. I just had too many people that need to be interviewed. And I was like, well, as soon as I, you know, the fall kind of hits, I was like, I'll be ahead of schedule. Then we can start to get some bonus right. and stuff like that. But yeah, that's cool. I'll actually write that down that way. I'll email you, but uh, thank you so much, David. Like I said, you know, uh, if there's anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime, anything you need, just let me know and we'll help you out as best we can. So. All right. Cool. Thank you for doing this. You guys have a yeah. great Labor Day weekend. And yeah, oh, you too. Enjoy Dragon Con. <laughs> well, I hope you had a great Labor Day weekend yeah. in this broadcast. So yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, have a good weekend. See you later, David. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.